Today I want to talk to you about your worldview. I want you to say, I think I've got one. Your worldview. Do you know Jesus talked about your worldview? How you view the world? So let's read it. Uh, it's not in there. That, that phrase is not in the Bible. But I'm going to show you the principle is. Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and what everybody? You got to do it. The only good word is a done word. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat vehemently, is the Greek there, beat vehemently or ferociously on that house. So this person is in a super strong storm of life. But look what it says. It did not fall because it was founded on the rock, and the rock was Jesus and his teachings and not only hearing them, but doing them. That's the only thing that puts you on the rock. The only thing that puts you on the rock is doing what you hear. That's the only thing that does it. Now, the second builder, everyone who hears these sayings of mine, but they don't do them. They don't assimilate them. They don't make them a part of the fabric of their lifestyle. It's going to be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain descended, floods came, winds blew, and beat vehemently on that house, but it fell, and great was its fall. And the only distinction between the two is one did the word, and the other one didn't do the word. That's the only distinction. Father, thank you for your word, and we pray that you will help us, Lord, to have our lives built on the rock, built on the rock, Jesus Christ and his teachings. I pray, Lord, that you will impart to us today wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God, that you will help us to not just be hearers, but to be doers and to be people who can withstand storms and come out on the other side shining. Lord, we ask you for it in Jesus' name. Now, would you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, put me on a rock? In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God heard that prayer. You are going to be on the rock. You are on the rock. I looked over there, and there's Scott Hinkle. Stand up, Scott, and say hello to everybody. It's good to see you, my friend. Evangelist Scott Hinkle. <clears throat> Won tons of people to Jesus. He's a, he's a original street witnesser that never quit. Amen? Amen. Now, I do want to talk to you today about your worldview. Now, let me tell you what your worldview is. It's the lens through which you interpret what comes at you. It's the lens through which you interpret God, man, yourself, the universe, morality, and all the other major issues of life. Your worldview is a lens you look through. Your worldview decides your behavior, how you're going to act. If you're going to act like Jesus, live like Jesus or not, your behavior flows out of your worldview. Your worldview is made up of the things you have decided are true and worth patterning your lifestyle after. Your worldview. Whether or not you respond to things like Jesus would is all decided by your worldview. Having a worldview is like having a heart. You can go your whole life talking about your heart or never seeing it operate, and yet it's operating in you all of the time. You may never mention your heart. You may never see it on an x-ray, and yet it's, it's operating in you all the time. 
Your worldview is the same way. You may never talk about it. You may never stop and think about it. But your worldview is operating on and in and through you all the time. Now, the Bible teaches that we're going to get a worldview from one of two places and only one of two places. Our worldview is formed by the world around us, which the Bible says is fallen and in direct rebellion against God. Or your worldview is going to be formed by the word of God. I can't tell you how important your worldview is. It's going to decide whether or not you're victorious as a believer. It's going to decide whether or not you're influential for Jesus or not. It's going to decide whether or not you really shine or you're really salt of the earth or the light of the world. It's going to decide that. The more your worldview is biblical and not worldly, the more you're going to shine, the more salty you're going to be, the more effective and influential for Jesus you're going to be. The less your worldview is biblical, you're just going to blend in with the rest of the world. No one's ever going to know the difference. Worldview. Listen, when Jesus, in the, in the end of the Sermon on the Mount there that we just read, when he said we were to hear and to do what he taught, he was informing us that he came not just to save us, but watch this, he came to shape our worldview. He said, I want you to see the world like I see it. I want you to see the world like God sees it. I want you to look at the world through my eyes, not the world's eyes. I want you to have a divine lens through which you interpret all things. Now, you might say, well, Jeff, I think my worldview is just fine, and I think my thinking is just fine too. I'm okay. Well, let me tell you why we need to have our minds renewed. Because listen, folks, the Bible teaches our thinking was broken in Adam's fall. Now, think with me a minute. I don't mean, no pun intended. But your thinking, my thinking, our thinking was broken in Adam's fall. Listen to what the Bible says about what happened to the human race after Adam's fall. Now, here's the Bible's take on humanity. This is the way I see humanity. I'm seeing it through the lens of the Bible. It's part of my worldview. So here's the Bible's view of you and me after Adam's fall. Paul writes in Romans 5, through one man. Everybody say Adam. Say, I'm kicking him when I get to heaven. Because this, this man caused so much pain. But watch this. Through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. Now listen to all the times one man is mentioned. That's Romans 5.12. Then verse 15, by one man's offense, many died. Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. One man, one man, one man. One man. So you can't say that the New Testament doesn't teach the reality of a man named Adam who fell, and when he fell, the whole human race fell with him. Amen? So everybody say with me, Adam is not a myth. Adam is not a fable. A Adam is not a story. Adam was a historical man, the first man, and he fell. And when he fell, death came, offense came, judgment came, Sin came, disobedience came. Now, you see, the Bible says that we're all fallen beings and are spiritually lost prior to coming to Jesus. That's the way I see the world. That's the way the Bible sees the world. Do you see the world that way? When you get out there in the workaday world, do you see the people walking around, not just people, but lost people? 
who Jesus died for. Jesus said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Notice he uses a past tense. He didn't say is lost, but he said was lost. What's the was? What's he pointing back to? When Adam fell. When Adam fell, man was lost. Isaiah the prophet says this about us. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord laid on him because of this the iniquity of us all. We all went astray. We all went our own way. We all drifted from God by nature. We were born fallen. When we, when we became lost through the fall of man into sin, it also affected our thinking. Amen. Our thinking became broken. For instance, the Bible says, speaking about our thinking, that we can't spiritually and morally find the right way on our own. Did you know that? The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but its end is the way of death. So, so watch that. Something, the, the fallen mind, our minds that need to be renewed, need to be, we need to have a worldview, a worldly worldview replaced with a biblical worldview because our minds were fallen in the fall and our thinking was broken so that we can think something looks right. We can think something looks straight, but it's not. It ends in the way of death. We think we're making a right decision going that way or this way or doing this or doing that when left to ourselves. But we will make wrong decisions and we will make decisions that actually are sinful and lead us to death. And we don't even know it. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that our minds are beset with proud arguments against God and walls that are built in our minds to keep us from finding him. And the Bible calls those strongholds. And it all happens in between your two ears, in your mind. The Bible describes our minds as being under siege by the devil. Listen to what Paul wrote about your mind and my mind. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Now watch these words. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Catch those words now. Blinded minds, unable to see, can't understand. Can't understand what? That two plus two equals four? No. We will never find God on our own. We will never find our way home left to ourselves because our mind, our thinking was broken in the fall. Blinded minds, muddled understanding. This is how our minds are attacked by the enemy who's all too happy to shape our thinking with an anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible world view where we're looking at the world and people and the universe and things through the eyes of the the broken world instead of through the eyes of God. Amen. Everybody say I need a I need a biblical worldview. I, I might even call that a kingdom worldview. We need a kingdom worldview, a, a biblical worldview. We need a kingdom worldview. We need to see the eye the world through the eyes of Jesus. Through the eyes of Jesus. And the only way I'm ever going to do that is if I read what Jesus said and soak it in and assimilate it and begin to walk in it and do it and apply it. And, and eventually I'll start seeing people like Jesus sees them. See myself like Jesus sees me. See the universe like Jesus sees it. 
I want a renewed mind. I want a renewed mind. Now, here's how I know this thing about our worldview is a major issue for the church today. Listen carefully to this. Based on claims found in the Bible, pollster George Barna took a survey asking professing Christians the following questions. They were Bible questions. I'm going to read seven of them to you real quickly. And as I read each question, question, I want you to think to yourself, is that a yes, is that a no, or is that a not sure? Here we go. Does absolute moral truth, what is right and wrong, no matter what, exist? Second question, did Jesus Christ live a sinless life? Third one, is God the all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe, and does he still rule it today? Is salvation a gift from God that cannot be earned? Is Satan real? Does a Christian have a responsibility to share his or her faith in Christ with other people? Last question. Is the Bible accurate in all of its teachings? Now, it's cheating here in this church because I teach the Bible all the time. But listen to what George Barna, the pollster, found. These were all yes questions. These were all Bible questions. And the answer to all of them should have been yes, but only 9%, 9, not 90, 9% of professing born-again believers answered yes to every one of them. 9%. You know what that tells me? There, there is a disconnect in our day between people who say, I've been born again, I know Jesus, I'm going to heaven, and having assimilated into their thinking the word of God. Based on the results of his survey, Barna says, the primary reason that people don't act like Jesus is because they don't think like Jesus. Everybody say, it matters what I think. Now, did you know that around 60 million Americans claim to be Christians? 60 million. And yet Barna found in his massive survey, it was a national survey, he found that only that less than 4% of all Americans had a biblical worldview. Less than 4%. Now, if you've got 60 million Americans claiming to be Christian, that means one-fifth of the American population claims to be Christian, but less than 4% of Americans have a biblical worldview. That tells me, again, folks, there's a disconnect between, yeah, I know Jesus, I'm going to heaven, I believe he died for me, and, 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 and thinking biblically, thinking with kingdom thinking, having taken in the Bible into my thinking, like Jesus said, I want you to hear it, and I want you to do it. And if you hear it and do it, then you're planted on the rock. But if you hear it and you don't do it, you're amongst these, these the great majority of Americans who say, I'm saved, but they're not thinking biblically in their thinking. They don't have a biblical worldview. They don't have a kingdom worldview. Now, let me tell you the truth about this. If the enemy can keep us bogged down with an unbiblical worldview, he can hinder our effectiveness for Jesus Christ. Because a biblical worldview is part of the rock foundation that Jesus was talking about. He said, I want you to hear what I said. That means take it in. Assimilate it. Make it a part of your life. Don't just hear it, but then do it. Put it into practice. Make it your lifestyle. Live like I taught. Live like I walked. Live like I lived. 
Make me your model. Amen. So our thinking clearly, clearly, if only 4%, less than 4% of Americans have a biblical worldview, then it only reinforces what I said, that in the fall, our thinking was broken. And we need the Bible to fix our thinking. We need the Bible to flush out stinking thinking and replace it with godly thinking. Come on, everybody. Now, let me tell you a second thing about our worldview. A second thing about our worldview is not just the world, but Christians are under daily, relentless attack with unbiblical worldviews. I mean, it has gotten aggressive. It has gotten ferocious. We are in, some call it a culture war. I call it a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle. We are being assaulted every day with unbiblical, with ungodly worldviews and almost being pressured and forced to accept them. In World War II, the Germans under Hitler, conducted a bombing campaign that they called the Blitz. In the Blitz, German planes would fill the skies and they would unrelentingly drop bombs on heavily populated cities like London. Thousands were killed. The bombing never stopped. It was just this Blitzkrieg. It never ended. And they did it to break the morale of the English people. And in the same way, Satan has launched an unrelenting blitz in our nation right now of ideas and beliefs and stinking thinking that have entered the culture and are banging on the doors of the church. And much of the church has accepted the thinking because they haven't known the Bible enough to reject it. And because of that, we're losing victory, we're losing ground, and even more than that, we're not influencing our culture. We're not penetrating the culture. We're not impacting the culture. Because renewed minds change people. Amen. Right now, there's a heated contest going on over what and who is going to shape your worldview. I don't care if you're born again, washed in the blood 40 years ago. There is a battle afoot over who and what will shape your worldview. In fact, from the very time you were in elementary school, our worldly, primarily anti-God society set out to shape your worldview. And it might shock us if we were to see like God sees how much of the world's thinking has made its way into our thinking. For instance, you were told early on that human beings came from an evolutionary process, that we're just advanced apes. But we didn't come from a, from a creator God. Evolution is an anti-God worldview. You were taught where the universe came from, that it began with a big bang, not a big God. That's an unbiblical worldview that changes your life if you accept it. The Bible says, for the record, I, God, made the earth. And I, God, created man on it. That's the biblical worldview. So when I look at people, I don't see people that have evolved. I see people that were made, created by God. I've got a biblical worldview when I look at you. God doesn't make any junk. You weren't evolved. You, were, you weren't fearfully and wonderfully evolved. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's the biblical worldview. But we've got millions of children across America now who have no respect for life because they believe they evolved. There is no God. There's no higher law. There's no, nobody they're going to answer to. So they live like animals because they were taught they're animals. Children are now being taught. It's unbelievable when I read this. 
But children are now being taught in elementary school that a person's gender is a matter of choice, not of birth. It's a matter of how you feel. If you feel or if you identify as a gender that you weren't born to be, then that's what you are according to the current anti-biblical, anti-God worldview. But God's word says, male and female, he created them. He created them. And he named them mankind when they were created. That's the biblical worldview. So God made you what you are, and he doesn't make mistakes, and he don't make no junk. Now, I could go on, but I think you get it. We're in a battle. We're in a ferocious battle right now. And God's looking for people who, will be, who are saturated with a biblical worldview, who will stand up and confront the culture. Say, wait a minute. <clears throat> That's not right. Nor will I accept that. This is why every born again child of God is urged to be not conformed, be not conformed, shaped and molded to this world. As a matter of fact, it begins, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you make a presentation, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. In light of everything he's done, it's reasonable for me to say, I give you all of me because you gave me all of you. And then, once you've made the presentation of your whole being to God, then be not conformed to this world. In other words, part of what you gave to God was your brain, your mind. He says, now, don't let your mind, your lifestyle, the way you think, the way you view things, be conformed to this world. But be transformed. Watch this, everybody. Where does transformation come from? By the renewing of your mind. Taking in God thoughts. This Bible is nothing but 66 books of God thoughts. This Bible will totally transform your worldview. God did not intend for us to judge it. He intended it to judge us. He did not intend for us to criticize it. He intended it to criticize us and fix us and correct us and get us on the right path. So don't be conformed to this world would be transformed, radically changed by the renewing of your mind. The more we think like Jesus Christ, the more we'll have a biblical worldview. And the more that we will have uh, impact for the Lord on this planet. Here's a bonus. The more you develop a biblical worldview, the freer you're going to be. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth. Now, here here I go. Here's the Greek language. The verb tense that that's in means... You shall progressively come to know the truth better and better. And the truth will progressively more and more set you free. That's what it means. Amen. So that's the bonus. I mean, if you want to be like Jesus and you want to be free, then get your mind renewed. Get your mind renewed. Here's how it works. When you believe the Bible is entirely true, then you will allow it to be the source of everything you say, everything you do, and everything you believe. Do you trust the Bible that much? I do. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God from Genesis to Revelation. All scripture was given to us, breathed out of the mouth of God. As he moved on holy men of old, they wrote as the Holy Ghost bore them along. They wrote what God showed them to write. And we have with this book the words of God, the word of God. It's not like any other book on the planet. It's the only book on earth that didn't come from earth. It came from him. And and the more I assimilate it, read it, take it in, think about it, and apply it, and do it as Jesus said, the more I'm going to see the world and see people and see myself the way God does. And the freer I'm going to be. You say, well, Jeff, this sounds wonderful, and and I wish I had more of a biblical worldview, so how can I have a a biblical worldview? Well, it's so simple. It's almost too easy for me to stand up here and say it, but I'm going to tell you how to do it. It's very simple. I want you to say it with me. Know your Bible. That's it. How do you get a biblical worldview? Know your Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Remember that? Isn't it funny? We, we, we go to school. We go to junior high, high school, college, and we totally forget what we were taught as children. But let me tell you something. There is power in this book to totally change your life. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The, the, there is power and the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is nothing like the word of God. It is powerful. The reason it's powerful is because the God of the word gave it to us. It's his word. Know your Bible. For instance, how well do you know what the Bible says about creation, human beings, Sin, death, marriage, other religions, money, family, salvation, hell, heaven, eternity. These are all major issues that we need to have our minds renewed about. That we need to see them through the eyes of God. So how do you actually get down to renewing your mind? I want everybody to say with me, my mind needs to be renewed. Can we ever say on this planet, I've arrived? Never. So how is the mind renewed? How how are we transformed, literally, into the image of Jesus by the renewing of our mind? It's very simple. I'm going to give you three R's. And they're not reading, writing, and arithmetic. Are you ready? Read it. Everybody say with me, read it. you got to read it. you got to read it. Did you know that there are 31,173 verses in the Bible? 31,173 words of God in the Bible to read. And the Bible tells us plainly, we can't live without them. First thing Jesus said to the devil, first thing, man shall not live by bread alone. Man can't live by bread alone. Let's interpret it that way. Man can't live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And now we've got 31,173 words that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In the springtime, I have flowers out back. I I love planting flowers and watching 
God's miracle happened in front because I see them through the eyes of God. God made those beautiful things, not evolution. God made them, so I see his handiwork. And, and, I, and I marvel at what God can do. So I look at, But in the spring, I had to flower, uh, water my flowers about every other day. And that took care of them. But then we started reaching into triple digits. And I noticed that at the end of one day, they're all like this. And I look out there and I go, oh, I'm about to lose my flowers. And I realize I got to water them every day because of the intense heat. Listen, your soul is a flower. And it's intense out there, church. It's intensely wicked. It's intensely evil. It's intensely deceitful. And so we can't get by with every other day or every Sunday. I'm going to let Pastor Jeff feed me on Sunday. No, you ought to walk in here exploding from what God gave you during the week in your own devotional time. Amen? So you got to water your soul with the word of God every day. You say, I don't know where to read. Then just pick John's gospel and read a chapter out of John every day. Anything. Read the word of God. Everybody say to me, read it. it. Your mind is never going to be renewed unless you read the word of God. But as you read it, then you must receive it. Listen to what James wrote. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's one thing to read it. But some people read it critically. Some people read it real quickly just so they can say they read it. They skim read it like the morning paper. Some people read it and they don't really believe what they're reading. But here's here's how you read it. You receive it. You receive it. How do you receive it? As the very word of God. I picture Jesus sitting down just talking to me. Jesus just sitting down talking to me. Remember Mary? It says Mary in the house with Mary and Martha and Jesus was in the house. Martha was in the kitchen and all busy with life. And, but Mary was at his feet. What was she doing? Listening and receiving the word of God. Receive it. You receive the morality of the Bible. You receive the ethics of the Bible. You receive the wisdom of the Bible. You receive the correction of the Bible. You receive it. You accept it. You embrace it because it has come to you from God. Receive it. And he tells us how to receive it. He says, here's how you receive it, with meekness. Receive with meekness the implanted word. That simply means like a trusting child. You say, see, when I open up the Bible... I was out on my patio this morning as the sun rose, and I opened up the Bible for my devotional. had nothing to do with church today, just my own devotional, and, and I received it. And it was like he was on the patio talking to me. And I said, Lord, correct me. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. I receive fully like a child this word. So say with me, read it. Receive it. Last R, rehearse it. You've got to rehearse it. After receiving God's word, you've got to rehearse it. Listen to what the Bible says. Oh, how I love your law, wrote David. I meditate on it all day long. So rehearse it means regurgitate it. Means you bring back up. I hate to be gross, but that's what a cow will do. I hate to be gross, but that's what they do. It it is gross. I'll admit, it's gross. But I'm going to tell you, that's what they do. And God gave us a picture there. They'll eat, they'll chew that cud in the morning. Later in the afternoon, they bring it up and chew it more. Everybody say, truly gross. But if it's the word of God, you eat it in the morning, then you bring it back up and you think about what you read. You rehearse it. 
And in rehearsing it, you're applying it. You're assimilating it. It's going, listen, the biggest distance in the life of a man is the 18 inches between his head and his heart. you got to get the word from here to here. And you do that by reading it, but then in reading it, you're going to rehearse it. You're going to bring it back up and think about what you read. And it's going to come, become assimilated into your life. And here's what's going to begin to happen. You'll start looking at people and seeing them like Jesus. You'll start understanding yourself the way God puts you together. You'll start seeing the world. I don't see the world as a, a world of advanced evolution. I see the world as a fallen world that needs a saving God. My mind has been renewed, but not near enough. I want it renewed more and more and more and more until I am thinking and acting and walking and talking like Jesus. And it happens here. Can we stand together today? Everybody say, praise God. So say with me, read it, receive it, rehearse it. And we can add... Do it. That's the one thing Nike said right. Just do it. Can we lift our hands to the Lord Jesus, the Savior of the world, and our teacher? Can you just say, Lord, you're my teacher. I receive your word. Thank you, Lord. Now let's pray a prayer together. Lord, help me to develop a kingdom worldview. Help me to wash my mind, renew my mind, so that I am transformed into the image of Jesus. In your mighty name I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's just worship him for a moment. Go ahead and lift your hands and let's sing. And let's just come into his presence a moment. I sense him here right now. Thank you, Lord.